This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. Well, hello, Swifties, and welcome to episode 184 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name's Adam. And I'm Diane. Well, hello, Diane. Hi, how are you today? Oh, you know, dandy. 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 That's dandy. Um, It's just us again. It's the Adam and Diane show. You got Itchy and Scratchy is back this week. <laughs> I don't want that to be our names, they though. They fight. They fight. They fight. They fight. They fight. Fight, fight, fight. Fight, fight, fight. Which, are you Itchy and I'm Scratchy, or am I, how, how are we doing this? I'm the mouse, because he always wins. Mm, I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, it's a cat and a mouse. The mouse okay. always wins. All right, guys. So, just a fair warning. There are going to be big spoilers later in this episode. Big, big, big spoilers about the 1989 World Tour, which Diane and I just got, uh, well, we were just fortunate enough to see it in Bossier City, Louisiana, the opening U.S. date. That was super cool, and we're going to be talking about that in just a little bit. Uh, Before we get to that point, we are going to give yet another spoiler warning. So you know if you don't want to be spoiled when you can turn off the episode. But until that point, we've got some news and we also have a follow-up to last week's episode. There was a particular line in the new remix version of Bad Blood that Kendrick Lamar wrote that we were baffled by. And a lot of people submitted different ideas of what it could be. And so we want to just do a follow-up on that. So let's jump straight into the episode with the news, all right? The Bad Blood music video has been out only a week now, but started breaking records its very first day. The latest music video from Taylor set the world set the world record the world record for most views within 24 hours with 20.1 million views. Congrats to Taylor, director Joseph Kahn, and all her friends that were involved as actors in the video. Because I'm sure half of those views are just you, Adam. And the other half are you. <laughs> no, there has to be accounts for other people, too. No, never. <laughs> but that is quite an awesome record. It did break... Um, who wrote Anaconda? Was that Nicki Minaj? I don't know if Nicki Minaj wrote Anaconda, but... Is that her song, yeah. is what I mean? Okay, Anaconda, well, that was the... Pre- Although that's not the part no, she sings. No, that, that's the wrong thing. I know, but, but it's that was that was the previous record holder with like 19.6 million views, something like and that. And that's because that was controversial. Taylor's video is not, it's just hype. and con- It's not controversial. It's just awesome. It's just awesome. That's what it is. Just cool. It's just really cool. So speaking of that Bad Blood video, let's do our follow-up. The line we were a bit stumped by last week was uh, when Kendrick Lamar raps, we was on D like D-O-C, remember that. We were trying to figure out what DOC is, and according to Urban Dictionary and a ton of people that tweeted us, emailed us, all that other stuff, DOC is drug of choice. That's what Urban Dictionary said? I think so. I looked it up, and I didn't, I couldn't find it. Is that really what that says? Maybe it wasn't Urban Dictionary that said that, but um, it definitely is an acronym for drug of choice, and we were trying to figure that out. We're like, drug of choice, drug of choice. That makes sense, because... I mean, I definitely do not encourage this, but when you say the phrase, you know, like, we were on drugs, it's on drugs, so when um, Kendrick Lamar says we was on D, we were on drugs, so it's improper grammar, Um, but yeah, that would make sense. That could, however, I got a stronger and more interesting theory from two particular people, Um, at Scotland underscore road, our good friend Rachel, sent in 
a link to something. And also Augustine, our good friend from over at the SwiftAgency.com, who is a guest host here on Taylor Talk from time to time as well, sent in um, a bit of information I found to be very interesting. So DOC, the DOC, was actually a rapper uh, back in the 80s who was involved in a car accident. Or it didn't say car accident. It just said a crash, I think the article said. In 1989. Mm. Fascinating, right? Well, what does that what does that mean for them? Well, okay, so DOC was really involved with Dr. Dre, right? Now you got to remember Kendrick Lamar. This is where we're, this is where we're a little bit. I I can't think of the word right here, but last week we were talking about how here on Taylor Talk, you know, while we do talk about Taylor all the time, we don't necessarily have a ton of background knowledge in um either hip-hop or kendrick lamar that's because all we do is listen to taylor swift so we don't know any other artists Mm, do other artists exist no i'm just kidding so (laughs) they they only exist to support taylor as featured artists in her songs (laughs) that's why other artists exist as her friends precisely (laughs) but anyway so the doc had a really tight link with dr dre apparently so so the um, doc is a rapper the DOC is a rapper, and here's I'll, I'll get to where it gets really interesting in a sec. But we was on D like DOC. D could be Dre, and DOC being the DOC because Dr. Dre was more or less a protege of the DOC. The DOC was involved in this accident. It was really interesting because it didn't. It, it ended his rap career, but didn't end his rap career at the same time. There was damage to his, uh, what do they call the vocal box, the larynx? Is that the official scientific term? I don't know. That sounds right to me. Something like that. But it it basically broke his throat, so he could no longer perform. But he remained as a writer and actually did write for Dr. Dre, and the two of them were really tight. Now, if you think to Bad Blood and the meaning of the song and the theme of the song, it's Taylor who is tight with someone, and then all of a sudden they have bad blood between them, right? Yeah, that... Uh, story makes sense, but I feel like the way it's phrased, it doesn't make sense because he says we was on D like DOC. He doesn't say like I was Dre and you were DOC. That would make sense um, if we're using that story, but it, that's not the way it's written. I'm I see you know at I mean? this point it's just speculation. Now one thing I do know about Taylor is uh, what I've noticed is the artists that she tends to admire are very lyrically gifted, just like she is, right? Now, follow me here. So, the next line, my TLC was quite ODID my facts, right? TLC, we determined last week, means tender love and care. Now, how frequently does Taylor use double meanings with her lyrics? Okay. Right? TLC, this is, hang on, this this part here is going to blow your mind, all right? I'm ready. The DOC's non-rap name, his actual given name, is Tracy Lynn Curry, initials TLC. No. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Who's OD then? OD is still like overdose. Wait. Uh, Which Kendrick Lamar had something. He had his first LP was OD. Wait. What's this website you're looking at to get all this information from? I'm. This is out of my own head. Nonsense. Yeah. Where are you getting your facts? <laughs> Where am I getting my facts? Um, well, all over the internet, really. Um, however, that, that part is, in fact, valid. The DOC, his initials actually are TLC, his real. 
No, but you're looking at a website. What is it? Like genius.com? Yes. Where you can highlight a lyric and it like gives you like an annotated guide to it. Yes, that is what it is. I think that's awesome. It's it's an interesting website. So it definitely it annotates lyrics and things like that, but that's not what we're getting at. So there there are a variety of theories as to what we was like to we was on D like DOC, remember that? And I really like this whole Dr. Dre uh, the DOC correlation because it it's I don't know it just seems like it could be very much like Taylor and this other uh, individual that Bad Blood was written about and um, we did also have that discussion too we were trying to figure out last week based on our lack of knowledge of Kendrick Lamar whether or not these lyrics were written for him or whether they were written for Taylor which we still don't know a hundred percent so. Theories are all we really have at this point, but those are a few of the theories that we came up with, and they're they're really, really neat. And, and thank you for everybody, or thank you to everybody that submitted those. That was really, really useful and really helps give us a, a better look at that particular line. We was on D like DOC, remember that? Um, you know, it's ba- in a nutshell, though, it's basically saying, like, we were cool back then, remember? That's what we decided on last week. Yeah, that's that's the overall meaning. The details of it, still speculation. But that's that. So special thank you again specifically to um, Rachel and Augustine for sharing that bit about the DOC with us, the rapper from back in the 80s. I, I It's a very interesting coincidence that his rap career more or less ended in 1989 when he had that accident. But, you know, it, it's just... It is what it is. It's Kendrick Lamar is definitely a great lyricist, just like Taylor is. And there are some depth to these lyrics, and there's a meaning behind it. We just have yet to firmly and definitively figure it out. You will never firmly and definitively figure out anything when it comes to lyrics and poetry analysis. How dare you? I'm going to ask Kendrick you will Lamar. Never have the I'm going right to be like, answer. Kendrick, Kendrick, what does this mean? It'll I don't, be, I don't know like, Kendrick I don't know what you're talking about. You're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know if that's what he sounds like. I've never heard him talk. I have. I've watched interviews with him. Oh, well, aren't you special? All right. On to our main discussion, guys. This is where the spoiler warning begins. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. If you don't want to know anything about the 1989 World Tour, I suggest you turn this off and wait until episode 185 to pick back up with Taylor Talk. Otherwise, you're about to get spoiled, 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 spoiled. Don't say I didn't, say I didn't warn ya. Oh my god. You are gonna be spoiled. Stop. If you keep listening to us. Just keep going, just keep, just, why don't you do the rest of the, the rest of the, rest of the song? Yeah, um, let's see, space. so, so, you're gonna be spoiled if you listen to us. Um, I don't know. Just don't say I didn't warn you, because this is where the spoilers begin. Let's talk 1989 World Tour. So, first opening show was in Bossier City, Louisiana. First tour or first show of the U.S., anyway. Now, from what I understand, it was slightly different from the Tokyo shows. I, I don't know exactly how, because one of the things that is very interesting about this is videos, at least full set videos, keep getting taken down for copyright, including my own video from Rock and Rio. I got a copyright notice from YouTube. Thanks, YouTube, you buttheads. Um, they're just doing their job, Adam. They're just doing their job. Someone else was the one that reported me. But either way, let's talk for a minute, because one of the things that 
I don't want to say baffled us, but something that we questioned is why is Xfinity the official sponsor of the 1989 World Tour in the U.S.? Xfinity, a subsidiary of Comcast, we more or less determined it was because they have the ability to do all the behind-the-scenes video footage and things of that sort. Now, I'm brought to another point, and this is speculation, but Xfinity sponsorship. Now, Diane, let me ask you, like, did you notice Xfinity anywhere? No. Um, I actually forgot that they were even a thing the entire night. The only reason that I was reminded of their existence was when I was looking at people's Aloft um, 89 photos, which is the new Club Red um, thing. New, new tea yeah. party. Um, after the show where some um, fans have the chance to meet Taylor and talk to her for a little bit. And Xfinity, their name was written on the Loft 89 sign. Um, it was like, oh, yeah. But that was it. That was it. Yeah. Now, this is speculation. However, Xfinity, we know, is doing a bunch of behind-the-scenes footage. Now, I have a slight bone to pick with them because you have to be an actual Xfinity Comcast customer to view that footage. Oh, that's not fair because that's regional. Yeah, exactly. It's and we regional. don't have Xfinity. Precisely. We don't Fix have it. Fix this problem, Xfinity. What's the deal? <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I honestly, I tried to look at some of that. So is there some sort of like sign in option where you have to sign in with your Xfinity account? Correct. They're trying to bribe you to get Xfinity, but if it's impossible for you to get Xfinity, you can't win. Precisely. Precisely. Because I did try and look back to get some of the behind the scenes information so we could talk about it for this episode. I did try and do that. However, it's like, oh, sign into your Xfinity accounts or connect with Facebook. So I click connect with Facebook and it takes me to a page where it's like, oh, create account with Xfinity. And to create an account, you have to have a customer account number. I wonder what would happen if you tried to sign up and it's not in your area, what they would do. I'm not sure, but that's not the point. I'm where, where, I'm, where I'm getting at with this is we know that they're taking footage behind the scenes and things of that sort, and we know that they have really cracked down on those videos on YouTube for copyright violations, right? So this is a wild prediction and is not based on anything other than speculation of these two facts there, but I'm calling 1989 Tour DVD. I hope so, but it's going to be awkward because she didn't have anything for the Red Tour, so it's going to be like, Journey to Fearless, Speak Now World Tour, nothing, and then the 1999 tour. I guess, but maybe she's <laughs> jumping back into it because there was definitely a demand for the Red Tour DVD yes. that never came. I don't know what happened. That was odd. I don't either, but that's that's that, and you know, I really don't want to go too deep into this Xfinity sponsorship. Um, cause... But speaking to your point when you said that tour videos get taken down, I have seen some videos, but they're short videos. So right. if so, you can upload a video clip, and I don't think people will throw a fit about it. Clips are okay. Full videos, not so much. No. All right. So, Bossier City, Louisiana, first U.S. tour date. Diane and I, actually, we road tripped out there. A long 20, time. 20 hours of driving each Braving direction. storms and almost a tornado. Well, that was two hours behind us. Yeah, we dodged a tornado by no an hour and a half. Get it? Get it oh, right here. Okay, we dodged a tornado by an hour and a half. Minutes. It was insane. We were driving through Texas and we hear that beep 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 on the radio and it's like 
this is a national weather alert brought to you by whatever it was. I don't remember. <laughs> national Weather like Authority something. And they're like, tornado warnings have been issued for the following area. There is a confirmed tornado. If you and- are in your vehicle, pull over now and get into shelter immediately. <laughs> the thing that was scary is... We are not from Texas. We're like, where are these places they're mentioning? Are we close by? What's going on? Are we going to die? And we we were fine. It turns out we went right through this place where the tornado was, though, like an hour and a half before. It was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. So that that was the road trip. And, I mean, when you have 20 hours each direction in the car, that's 40 hours total of drive time plus stops and things like that. Cracker Barrel restaurant. Trips. Eating at Cracker Barrel, a restaurant down there in the south, which is... I'm obsessed with Cracker Barrel. Yeah, we know. Okay, stop now. Um, Me. You know, you're talking you're talking 60 hours of actual travel time. That's like a week and a half. Where are you getting this extra 20 hours from? Um, because last I checked, every day was at least 12 hours. 12 times 5, 60. Oh. That's where I'm getting it from. Oh. Get it? I have it, yeah. Oh, okay. Good. I'm glad you can follow on the math there, English teacher. (laughs) I'm teasing. Mm. I'm teasing. But either way, when you spend that much time in the car, you do a lot of thinking. A lot of thinking. And, you know, post post, uh, tour show, I'm thinking randomly. I'm thinking back to the show, and I'm just like, wow, Taylor, that was a great show. And,. You know, Taylor's a human, despite this pedestal that we all as fans put her up on. She is not. Yes, she is. She's no, human. she doesn't. She's not. She's human. And in these shows, she gets very, very close with her dancers. Very close <laughs> indeed. <laughs> what are you talking about? And I was just sitting there thinking. I was driving along. And, you know, you got this open road in front of you. And I was thinking, uh, you know, Taylor plays so many shows several nights a week throughout the tour and things of that sort. And what if Taylor is on stage and she has really bad gas? Yo! <laughs> I was just thinking about it now. The venue's so big that the fans You're dude, gross. Like fans out in the audience wouldn't know anything about it. Taylor's but she's not gets a, human, so this isn't a problem. She does it, she does, she gets gas from time to time, just like we all do. We all we all fart. No one would ever tell Taylor Swift she smelled. <laughs> no one would ever Humans do that. fart, Diane. Humans fart. Yes, but uh, Taylor is not human, so it's not not a thing. Well, either way, I was just thinking about that, like, how funny it would be if, like, she has gas one night and the dancers are really close to her. And it's like, the people in the audience can't smell it because the venue is so big. But, like, the dancers can and they're like, hey. making a very disgusted face right now. I told I told you, though, you think about the most random things when you're just bored on Can the we talk about the show nowhere. and not imaginary events that won't happen that are gross? Yes, okay. let's talk. Let's talk show. Now, before we get into the actual performances itself, because all of us love to think in terms of tour of everything Taylor's doing, and there are little things that happen that I really don't want you guys to miss if you have not been to your tour date quite yet, which is highly likely because if you have been to a tour date, it was either Bossier City or Baton Rouge, so there's only been two shows so far. In one state, too. Only Louisiana. Good for oh. Louisiana. 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 Um, that's the only place Taylor's been thus far. And so I want to cover some of the little things that I really don't want you guys to miss because after the fact, if you don't know about these, you will regret them. First is the merch. Okay. So we all know that for whatever reason, Taylor merch is, has the most astronomical shipping prices ever, right? Like you buy 
a, a ten dollar item and it costs you twenty dollars to ship it to your home. <laughs> That's like how the Taylor Swift online store works, right? So we all happily wait for the tour where we can just buy it in person, not deal with shipping costs. That's what right? I do. Exactly. Now the what do they call it the the area that's like the hallway outside the venue the hallway outside the venue no there? there's an actual name for it and i can't think of what it is got a thoroughfare a walkway no. well you guys know what hallway. i'm talking about it's the area outside the venue that you walk around in a circle until you find your section and go to your seat right that place is packed shoulder to shoulder people because taylor is it very popular it depends on the venue i'm sure but in Louisiana, where we were, it was packed. It was a little narrow area. Now, I was excited to get merch. I got a t-shirt and a nice mug. I got a mug for my tea that I drink in the morning. It's really cool. It's got the 1989 album cover on it. That's what I bought. However, I waited a long, 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 long time to actually get it because the lines, the lines are awful. They're terrible, right? Now, what Taylor Swift has done for us is actually really cool. And I want you guys to know about this before you get to your show so you don't get stuck in those lines like I do. You can actually pre-order online and pick up the merch that you have already purchased at the show. And that way you get out of the line. So there's a special link that you have to click. And we're going to have that link for you up at taylortalk.org slash episode 184. If you guys follow TaylorNation13 on Twitter and all those other social media accounts that they have presence on... Um, They also have been posting that link as well from time to time, but we're definitely going to have it up for you as well at taylortalk.org slash episode 184. So you can click that link, find the show you're going to go to, pre-order the merch, and then you can simply just pick it up because you already bought it. That's really convenient. It's really, really convenient. So I definitely want you guys to know about that before um, you go to your show because that's just awesome. Next thing I want you guys to know about... Because this is, like, the unsung hero of the tour. This is, like, the coolest thing that (laughs) hardly anybody knows about and you absolutely have to do because it's like going to Disneyland only better. (laughs) It is. And that is the Taylor Nation headquarters. Now, those of you that follow Taylor Nation 13, which is the official account of Taylor's management company... Um, you can follow them on Twitter and all those other social networks. They've got a ton of different accounts. You already know what this is. They made a big announcement. How long ago was that? A few months ago? It was ago, a couple really? months ago, yeah. About Taylor Nation going on tour. And what they're doing is they have a booth set up, it's, again, in that hallway, usually near one of the merch stations, one of the merchandising stations. And you get to go and you can take your picture in front of this really cool 1989 backdrop And you go on this iPad that they already have set up for you, and you can either text it yourself or email it to yourself, your photo, completely free of charge. Like, this is free. How often do you get a free souvenir from a concert like this? Well, and it's also really cool because it's with a, like, I don't know, it just looks really good. It looks professional, and it just, I don't know. It, 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 It looks like you were part of some sort of, like, VIP experience. It does, and it's a it's a really cool it's a really cool experience, and I really encourage you guys to all go take your pictures because, like, let's be real, that's the only free souvenir you're gonna take from a Taylor Swift concert because the (laughs) merch is off the charts expensive. You get a you get a light up bracelet. Yeah, you get a light up bracelet as well, but we'll get to that when we get to the actual performance. 
Um, but it's just, it's a really cool souvenir and you get to go on their iPad that they have there and they have certain filters on there that yeah, you can. Yeah, it's like a live put, Instagram. It is. And you get to send it to yourself completely free of charge. And tweet they it out also friends, have like a big screen where they are showing the Twitter feed for the, for the hashtag, hashtag for, the show. for the show. So if you tweet the hashtag for the show, which is like. In this case, it was 1999 Tour, Bosher City. city, You can see your tweet live at the Taylor Nation booth, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, and, and, you know, something else that's really neat about it is, for those of you that are really curious, because you have followed those accounts for a long time, particularly the Twitter account, because I think that's the oldest one as far as I know, Uh and then they've branched off into the other social networks since then. But you actually get to meet the people behind that account, the people that actually work on Taylor's team, and... And are tweeting out all that great content for the you. The faces behind the name, the, the mysterious Taylor Nation people. You get to see them, and they're 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 really nice and really friendly. So definitely go say hi. They're so nice, and they want to meet you guys because they they interact with everybody on Twitter. They're definitely a big social presence on behalf of Taylor and her team, and things like that. And and it's just like I said, the, the Taylor Nation headquarters are like the unsung hero, and it's like going to Disneyland only better. <laughs> because you it's so much fun. You have to go. Um, when we went, I'm not sure a lot of people knew about them yet, right? Or was it? It didn't seem yeah, like it a whole lot of people. And that's crowded. why we really want to tell you yeah, guys about so you it. Yeah, really like go because you don't want to miss out on this. Precisely. So those are the two like little things I want to share with you guys. Uh, make sure you don't miss those. That is pre-ordering your merch, and I highly recommend that because. Like I said, one, shipping costs are astronomical, and two, the lines at the venue are absurd. Like, really long lines to get merch at the venue. So if you pre-order, you can pick it up at your show. That's great. Again, we're going to have that link for you on taylortalk.org slash episode 184. Now, let's jump into the show itself. If you guys remember a couple weeks ago, right here on Taylor Talk, we did tour predictions. And the great news is, as far as the set list goes, we were actually right. That was an episode that I wasn't part of, so I wasn't. I, I, I didn't have any tour predictions. You can't take credit for that I one. I can't, no. But the beautiful thing is, as far as the set list goes, we were right, because we gave every single song a chance of being on the set list. Every we gave it song a she ever recorded, you every gave a chance? Every song on 1989. Because that would be... Every a, song on like 1989. A, 1989. Oh, 1989. good. Yes. So she didn't cut anything. She didn't cut anything. Um, the one little, I guess, sort of wrench thrown in there is that um wonderland and you are in love get rotated out they're both so, done acoustic i mean uh, we i mean there's only been two official shows wait were there two in baton rouge or just one i think just one i think just one too okay sorry um but anyway at rock and rio was that two weeks ago one week ago um she cut all you had to do was stay because ed came out as a special guest so that was the slight change there yeah, that was a change, but otherwise, for the actual main show, the primary show that was actually part of the 1989 tour, and it was, you know, here's something that was really funny, because as as both of us were both at Rock and Rio, we thought we were very special being at the first show of the 1989 tour, and Taylor totally, like, took a jab at Rock and Rio <laughs> during her opening speech, and she's like, she's like, this is the first real no she she said like official official or documented or some uh, some word that like disqualified rock and rio from existing which is fine i mean to me that (laughs) sort of felt like a dress rehearsal slash 
I don't know. It just wasn't a real Taylor Swift concert. It wasn't. I mean, the audience was different. It definitely adds to the experience as a fan at a Taylor Swift concert of being surrounded by fellow fans and the people in all the costumes and yeah, things of that it sort. It's really something cool. Else. Something, I don't know, it makes it more special. Exactly. So, predictions. One of the other predictions we made is that Welcome to New York would be the opening song. I think Steve made that prediction when Welcome to New York came out. You know, like the, it has such a great start where you can clap, you know, like on beat. So it just sort of like adds a lot of audience um, excitement from the from the get-go just the fact that it has welcome in the title makes it a very welcoming song that would be awkward if she did that as closing yeah so (laughs) it's like welcome to new york um now well it also sort of just sets the stage for the rest of the concert because a lot of her sets were inspired by the the new york you know scape of you know, of, like just the, the landscape yeah, the of New landscape. York and, and just the image and things like that. Yeah, how you get the girl comes to mind. That definitely had a very New Yorkish setting to singing it. Singing in the rain, almost. Yeah, something like that. So I'm glad we actually got a lot of these predictions right. What we did not get right in our predictions, however, is how she would visually portray these songs. Well, you can never get those. Right. You can never get it right. Although Welcome to New York should have been fairly predictable because she does open like up and it looks like New York. And I think she had like, was it a Brooklyn sign or? Yeah, she had some signs of like, like pulling like, out my like, photos, like Broadway maybe. Broadway, that's what it was. Broadway, so she had Broadway. West 42nd Street. I don't know what the significance that's of that the is. Hotel I, that's the street. Uh, never mind. I was there once with my parents at a hotel, but that is not relevant. I assume Maybe she it's lives a on signif- that street. Maybe that's her favorite street in New York. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe but- that's just the sign stamp that she could get. <laughs> Uh, perhaps but either way it's a big opening number there's dancing it's loud it's exciting it's really really great great choice for the opening number um then she transitions into new romantics which of the three that um of the three songs on the on the bonus or deluxe or what, what the, is she officially called? The three, I think it's deluxe edition, but the, the three extra songs. New Romantics is by far the fan favorite. It's definitely the one that everybody's like, wait a sec, why wasn't this on the Yeah, album? and I was surprised because she never includes those type of songs in this show. And I, and I just thought, well, yeah, we like it, but like it's not going to happen because it never happens. But she listened to the fans and... It was on the the set list. However, as per Taylor, in the show itself, she says that, you know, she stalks us, the fans, on social media. And, you know, that's one of the more clever things she does. Now, I like to read a lot of business publications and things like that, like Entrepreneur Magazine and Inc. and Forbes and things like that. And they all come out with articles about, you know, five marketing lessons you can learn from Taylor Swift or business principles you can learn from Taylor Swift and all kinds of things like that where they analyze Taylor as a business, not just as an artist and a performer. And that's definitely one of the things that articles always comment on is that she listens to her fans. Like she observes and she knows what she wants. And I know we're, what episode are we on? Jeez. Like episode 184. We're in 184. So if you go all the way back, I want to say it's episode 20. So you're talking 164 episodes ago, which is a long time ago. We had a guest here on the show, Rick Barker, who's Taylor's old manager, right? 
he came on and he was talking about Taylor's very early days because he was only with her in the early days. He hasn't been working with her for many, many years now. But he was with her back then. And one of the things he said, and this goes all the way back to MySpace. That's how long ago we're talking. MySpace. Is if the I The dinosaur rem- of the internet. Yeah, the dinosaur of social media anyway. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things he pointed out, and I, I'm 99% sure it was him that pointed this out. Mind you, this was, what, three years ago that we had him on? I don't remember it exactly anymore. But I believe it was him that pointed out that one of the things she did that really differentiated herself, even back then, is she was on MySpace talking to her fans and learning exactly what they want and what they relate to and what they like. Which is something she still does, and that's really cool. And that's something she does to this day, and I think that's how um, New Romantics ended up on the set list. And she does a phenomenal job with it, and I'm really excited it's there. Uh, It wasn't necessarily one of the standout performances, but... Still exciting that it's there nonetheless. Next up is Blank Space. Blank Space is, if I remember correctly, it's very similar to performances of Blank Space she's done before, is it not? Yeah, it's. I don't remember what award show it was. I feel like it was one in Europe, and it is very similar to it. She had the... But I don't know. It's not like a door. It's like a screen where she has people behind there, and they... I don't know. There's like shadows... Adam, do you want to elaborate Yeah, it's, more? I, I would call them silhouettes. silhouettes. They're not shadows. She has the dancers yeah. behind white screens, and it has their silhouette in black there, and they're dancing behind her. And on the big screen in the background, which is really cool, she has a silhouette of a dancer going, and that's just really cool. And it's, it's definitely an interesting visual interpretation. It's not very similar to the Blank Space music video. No, not at all. But it's definitely an accurate visual representation nonetheless, and... She's got these dancers all around her, and this was the first point I noticed anyway, that this is a very femme-empowered show. Why? Because all her dancers are male? All the dancers are male, that is worth pointing out, and it's almost like she's this powerful female, just sort of bossing them around, I guess. I got that impression in I Knew You Were Trouble, which is the next song that she sings, yeah. But Um, Blank Space, I guess the only thing... Well, see, the only thing she pulls from the music video is she brings out a golf club and spins it around and is like, hey, I'm Taylor and I'm a complete badass and (laughs) I'm about Um, to beat you down. Sort of. But I think that feeling of her sort of being this, I don't know what the right word, word is, but that sort of ties along with the character of the Blank Space song. You know, she just is like a man-eater. She's a man-eater. Yeah. Like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Blank Space was cool. Um, um, but this is the part of, you know how I think t- Taylor said in the past that she tries to make each show for each place she goes its own show? Like, she doesn't want to do the same thing. So she does this cool, like, remix with the name of the place she's in like she'll go vegas vegas or like bozier bozier that's a terrible interpretation yeah you just should you just i just shouldn't yeah i, just I can't even you, do you it. just you just shouldn't now it's gonna be interesting when she gets to some of the cities with longer names yeah i don't know she kind of set herself up for failure with that one because it doesn't fit with the beats like Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Angeles. (laughs) Staples, Staples. That sounds better. Staples Center is in Los Angeles. That's where she'll be performing for those that Diane just confused. (laughs) 
So after Blank Space, I knew you were trouble. All right, this was the this first is one track. Of my favorites. After this was the fir- one of the, the first track that appeared that was from a previous album before 1989, right? Now we were talking in our tour predictions episode, and we we called it really. I knew you were trouble, and we are never getting back together. Um, she didn't really have a lot of the very old stuff. She definitely uh dropped some of the old stuff in favor of making sure that we got all of 1989 in this tour performance but the old one she did do she adapted for 1989 and completely revamped the sound and i knew you were trouble just blindsides you with awesomeness and power and just like wow her vocals in this song were off the charts like at the beginning of the song she Starts off in a very low voice, and we're all just kind of like, "What song like, is like? What is she singing?" I knew you. No, Adam, you can't just stop. I can do it. No, that's not how she does it. Confession, everybody. On this road trip that we took to see Taylor, Diane told me I had a good singing voice. When you sing Aladdin, not when you sing Taylor Swift. All right. Either way, I knew your <laughs> trouble was very like soulful and deep, and then. The the part at the end, gosh, what how does it how got does very powerful? End? It got very powerful. It was like you know the part where she's in in the recorded version. She's like yeah, that part. Like she just holds that note so long, and it's so powerful and so incredible that I've seen it twice now, Rock and Rio and Bozier City, and both times it gave me chills. Literally, like I'm not just saying that. Like, her vocals gave me chills during this song because it was that I feel good. like she just gets better and better every time, and it's not shocking, really, but you just get blown away every time. You're like, wow, she's really good. Really good. Like, really good. Yeah. And then, you know, you'll definitely, if you have the chance to find a video of that on YouTube, definitely look into or, it. Or, or parts of it. If or parts of it. Clip. See if anyone can get a good video like i said my videos have been taken down by youtube <clears throat> youtube but it's <laughs> so i share them with you otherwise but i can't so after i knew you were trouble came i wish you would um the performance itself i'm actually not remembering i i don't want to call any of the performances throwaway performances or forgettable well but it's hard was... because we saw the show i mean twice really but we were on the floor, so it was kind of difficult to see. Yeah, well, now there's something significant about everyone, and in this case, I think it was her opening speech, because that's what I do remember very, mm-hmm. very yeah. distinctly. And the opening speech for I Wish You Would was talking about how she admits she admits that a lot of her visions of love have come from various movies and outside visions. You know, she doesn't just take her interpretations of her own life and write them in song, but she actually takes observations of other interpretations and creates them or creates songs out of them. And so I wish you would is definitely one of those. And she talks about how she was inspired by a lot of eighties movies and things of that sort. And in this case, she had a fangirl moment when she met Molly Ringwald, who was a big movie actress in the eighties and in um, various movies that inspired sort of the feeling behind I wish you would and that is the sense that you're like in this movie and there's always the two people and they wish they would have said something to each other and Mm -hmm. they always have this dramatic sort of something or other so that's I wish you would now how you get the girl 
is I know Diane. It's not necessarily your favorite song off of 1989. It it's not. I'm sorry. I admit it's not. But the performance. The performance was so is cool. cool. The performance was so cool. So it starts with one of the male dancers coming out in sort of these LED lights and an umbrella with LED lights on it and spinning it around. And then the rest of the dancers join and Taylor joins in a pink dress that's covered or a dress covered in pink LED lights. And it's just really, really cool. And it, it sort of takes place in, you know, an old school New York setting. Yes. Like an old school New York setting. And, like, you know, it's raining. Like and- 1930s New York raining and they make the rain look actually really real it's really cool i heard someone say is it raining on stage (laughs) well because she's done that before on the fearless tour yeah um so she has done the actual rain on stage thing however she did not do that this time but it definitely looks very real and the outfits are very cool and one of the coolest parts of this for me was that there are like these lampposts in the background that actually elevate and so they've got a little bit of acrobatics in this performance which the acrobatics weren't quite as i guess present as they have yeah, been as in, they have like, been in past speaking now was uh more of that than i think red was i don't remember any acrobatics yeah and i i really like the i really like the acrobatics i think they're really cool and in this particular act you have these old school like old new york lamp posts and you have some of the dancers on them and when they get lifted up by wire the the dancers are still on there performing acrobatics and things of that sort and so that's a really cool act that one's really neat then after how you get the girl is i know places and something that surprised me about this is we were predicting that she would not do a literal interpretation there would not be foxes and things of that that sort and on the big screen in the background, there actually were. Well, <clears throat> she likes her foxes. I guess. And it was a very literal interpretation. I, I love that song, and I love that performance. I thought it was really, really neat. Well, um, what she did for it is she had a bunch of doors on stage that they used as props. Um, so that, that was different. Um, it kind of reminded me of the Blank Space performance a little bit, because they had the same, like, you know, screens that they dance behind, and this time they had doors that they danced behind. So for me, I felt like it was slightly repetitive, but it was still cool. I didn't think but it was. I repetitive. didn't think it was repetitive. I thought it was different because there weren't doors during blank space. It was a uh, big white sort of shades with yeah, silhouettes behind it. There's still and large squares on stage. <laughs> I guess, but in this case, the doors were really cool because it was a very non-literal interpretation. It was very like I know places we can hide and. You know, you think of hiding behind doors and things of that sort, and the dancers come in and out of those doors, so that's that's pretty cool. And like I said, there were foxes on the screens in the background. It was just a really cool performance, and I think it really did the song justice, as yeah. it should. Now, after that, all you had to do was... Stay! 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 Um... What's there to say about that? Again, I hate I... calling things forgettable, but I don't remember what happened I know that... She had some sort of chair on stage, and she took turns pushing the male dancers into the chair. But I don't really remember this one that much. Um, we only saw this uh, performance once because she did not perform this at Rock and Rio. Rock and Rio so that's probably why we don't really remember. Um, 
But I'm actually surprised she played this song at all. Why? Because I don't like it. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. Th- How dare is, you? We're going to the next the, the like, next okay, we have polls up on taylortalk.org right now. It's what your, what's your podcast. favorite? Yeah, we're going to we're going to put a poll up. Uh do you want Diane kicked off the podcast well, and there's going to be I a mean, yes or a no? To be fair, we I'm all kidding, have our own opinions. We all have songs we like and don't like. I know that there are some people that don't like style, which to me is just un- unheard of. Um, but, I mean, we all have, you know, things that we like and things we don't like. So. I like every song. You, you say that on the show. Yes, you do. I say that elsewhere as well. Whether or not it's true is up to debate. Every song is perfect. Okay. Okay. So all you had to do was stay. Like I said, I hate to call any act forgettable, but I really don't remember what happened but that's, during this one. That doesn't mean it's forgettable. That just means we don't remember because maybe we blinked too much or something. Blinked too much. All right. Fair description. <laughs> but we will see the show again and we will pay attention. Right. All right. So acoustic now. You've got either You Are In Love or Wonderland. She did Wonderland for Rock and Rio and Bossier City. Then You Are In Love for Baton Rouge. And Tokyo, she did those. Which, I mean, this is the moment in previous tours where she had a special song. Um, in Speak Now, she would play a song from a, a cover. Pers- yeah, a cover. Of some artist some, from the local some city. That lived in that state or city or whatever. And then in Red, she did a fan request. And now this time, it seems like she's trading off between You're in Love and Wonderland, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, but I, I, I wish she would do something special here. You know, um, like do like like a fan request song. Again. I think what she's doing is special, and I'll tell you why. But I want to hear "You Are in Love," and she didn't play it for me. So it right, annoying. I got that. I really want to hear "You Are in Love" <laughs> as well, and um, I definitely think "You Are in Love." I wish, if anything, "Wonderland" was part of the the primary set list where it was a full production number as opposed to acoustic. Because it I sounds think really good as a, as an acoustic song, though. It does, but I mean, it's a full production song. Um, and I think it would have done really well as a full production song. I think it would have really done. There's a lot of cool things and a lot of cool visuals she could have done with it. And I get why she didn't do it. It is a bonus song. But that's just my personal preference. Now, You Are In Love works phenomenally as an acoustic song because it's a bit, I guess, slower. And it, yeah. it just it fits better. Now, to answer your point, though, about doing something special i think she did because one of the biggest things she pulled in she like i said earlier in the episode she's always trying to do what fans want she's trying to do the best for us yeah that's what she's trying to do but and hang on hang on let me finish my thought oh fine so so what she's doing with this is she found a way to make sure that every single song of 1989 including the deluxe songs did make it into the tour but not the complete set list, though. So you will have people who maybe want to hear one of those two songs and won't get to. You know? And on past tours, she's tried very hard to make each stop special for that location. And now I, f- I feel like she, like this is the moment where she can well, add something new. Well, she does that new. with the Bozier. Bozier. Yeah, but that's <laughs> not... I don't know. I don't feel like... I, I I want more Taylor Swift. I'm so greedy, I know, but... <laughs> mm, I mean, perhaps. I, yeah, I, I guess. I guess, but... 
I mean, we'll see what she does as tour progresses That's and true. continues because yeah, it might I, I'm sure she's going to continue to stalk all her fans on social media and figure out what they want. And if people are saying, like, we want something special, we want covers, we want some of the old music and things like that, because the old music, this was very, I guess, void of old songs from Taylor's library. Yeah. She did find ways to reimagine certain songs. Um, the one we've already covered is I Knew You Were Trouble, and there's... A few more we'll get to in just a few minutes. But, you know, if that's something fans want, it might be something she incorporates into that section. What she could do is she could play old songs, but in the sound of 1989, which, granted, could be a lot of work for her. Um, I don't know know if she'll do that. If she were to incorporate new songs, I think it would be in that spot where You're in Love slash Wonderland exists. Because she'll be able to do it acoustic and not have to rework it. Because that is going to be a lot of work to redo that. Redo songs. So, after that acoustic spot is the performance of Clean. Clean Which she is does on a keyboard. So really that's cool. Def- oh, but what we do need to say is while she is... Uh, perf- while she performed You Are In Love or wonderland she's on the b stage um which is actually an extension of the catwalk and that whole thing like rises up into the crowd yeah i think that's worth spins i think that's worth mentioning at this point because it needs more description than what you've given diane because this is something unique she's never done so this section here these few songs starting with the you're in love clean and then finally love story as well um not to spoil the rest of the set list there for you but We'll get to that in a sec. She does on this brand new catwalk that was built for this tour. And no, I'm not going to get into the science of the hydraulics and things of that sort. However, the catwalk, which runs the length of an arena. Now, that was roughly half the stadium, if I I can estimate, based on the Baton Rouge show, which was a stadium show. This catwalk is on a hydraulic system. And what it does is it actually elevates the entire catwalk. That's what I just said, but as high as your description did not do it justice. It elevates the entire catwalk as high as, you know, what? Gosh, it has to be about 20 or 30 feet up in the air of the hundred section beginning of the 200 section. Yeah. So Taylor has always made a point of (laughs) of trying to give everybody in the audience a good show. That's why she even has the B stage, so people towards the back of the, the venue can get a chance to see her more close up and see her perform more close yeah, up. Yeah, and one of the things that's, that's uh, really neat about this show is I feel like at any point you have the best seat in the house, no matter where you are. And then at the same time, there are points during the show where like, ah, I can't really see her or I have to turn around. But she does that to make sure that every person in that, you know there can see her up close at least once exactly so everybody gets to see her up close at least once she's on this catwalk it's elevated and then it actually rotates so taylor is actually spinning not at a quick speed but she's spinning. spinning she's spinning around the entire venue and you get to see her no matter where you're sitting so that's definitely something really really cool and that catwalk and its construction was part of the behind the scenes on xfinity that i couldn't actually watch because i'm not a customer of comcast so maybe we can watch it illegally later maybe someone will upload it someone will upload it well the reason i know a little bit about it is because there are people that posted screenshots to 
um, Twitter. Okay. And there's something, if I remember correctly, I tried looking for it and couldn't quite find it, but like the base of this thing weighs like 40,000 pounds or something. It's just insanely huge. And it's basically this catwalk is why ticket prices are so expensive. Yeah, I was just going to make that joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're paying to see the catwalk, not Taylor Swift. Exactly. But it's really cool. And those few songs are performed on it. And like I said, it's definitely a great effort on Taylor's part to make sure that everybody in the venue gets a great show and everybody gets to see her up close at some point and take good pictures and things of that sort. So that's where Clean is performed. And then also uh, Love Story as well, which Love Story we have even seen once before. So this isn't even a spoiler. We have. We've seen it at uh, iHeartRadio. That's when she first debuted this new remix of Love Story that Adam can't stand, but I'm in love with. Wait, no, 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 no. Rephrase that. It's not that Adam can't stand it. He doesn't he feels, like the Adam background singers the, when they go, oh. I think it's I think it's unnecessary. <laughs> I think Taylor's reworking of the song is phenomenal and I think Taylor does a great job. But like you said, I don't like the backup singer's presence in it. I but don't But it think... makes it sound haunting and adds weight to the entire melody. No, it just is annoying is what no, it is. No, it's beautiful. No, it's not. See, Adam hates Taylor songs. I told you he did. No, I just said Taylor's <laughs> phenomenal. I just said Taylor's phenomenal. You need to stop that right now before you get punched in the face so love story is really great and she does that new reworked version and that is by far the oldest song that's the only one pre speak now that made it on the set list at all and it, she does a great job updating it and making it more relevant and she gives a nice little speech for all the haters that hate 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 out there that are all like Taylor, she writes this and she doesn't even know what happens in Romeo and Juliet. Taylor knows that Romeo and Juliet die in the end. She, she does, said in fact, that. She said they die. She knows. I she, heard it. She knows, she knows the story. For all you haters out there, she reworked it. She wrote her own story, and that's what Love Story is. And she finally explains that during this tour, that this is her version. She wishes that Romeo and Juliet had a happy ending. I agree. It's very frustrating that they don't. It is. So how about that style? We're no longer in acoustic mode anymore, and we got yes. Style this is going when she on. goes back to the main stage, and this is one of her most interesting costumes of the entire show. She's wearing like a almost like a Victoria's Secret esque sparkly like short dress slash unitard. Well, if you remember correctly, style is what she performed during the Victoria's Secret fashion show. Maybe that's where she's getting it from. And if you look at the background uh, that's displayed on the big screen, she's got like a circle that displays her. And it reminds me of like a James Bond movie. Was that popular in the 80s? Do people like James Bond? James Bond has been running for a very long time. (laughs) I know, but it, it, it just makes her look like a Bond girl. That's all I had to say about that. That's all I had to say about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Forrest Gump. <laughs> Whatever you say. <laughs> so, style, cool song, cool representation. The dancers are very uniquely dressed. The dancers, like we said, are all male, and they're in these suits that are sort of like red and fade to black. They kind fade? Of... Yeah. No. Yes. What do you mean? What do you mean what do I mean? There's they a great... Fade to... Oh, I thought you meant like they actually change colors no, 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 how no. did i miss that no they start red and they fade into black or they start black and fade into red they go the other way the the dancers outfits are actually different yeah that's fascinating yeah a few of the dancers have different outfits on 
Um, so it's it's that's that. It's style. I mean, it's a song. It's there. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a song, and it's there, and it's one of the bigger songs, which is interesting. Um, that it, it's not more of a memorable performance, but that's that's that. So this love made it on the set list, which is really cool because that like, shocks me. I thought that was going to be the one she was going to cut. Well, it's interesting you said that because I don't know if you actually listened to the episode you weren't on with the tour predictions. Vaguely. But one of the things we did say and bring up is the fact that This Love is the only song on the album that was not written with a co-writer. It's written exclusively by Taylor. And so we were wondering whether or not that makes it special enough to her to make sure she includes it. I I guess so. And this was also the only time during the show that the backup singers got a chance to come on stage so that was kind of fun to see them right yeah so that's cool now after this love is bad blood oh bad blood oh my gosh it's so awesome that act that act is so cool bad blood is as you would expect a huge number a lot of bass shaking your hair and your limbs and just <laughs> shaking your hair and vibrating your limbs. you and like it's really cool and the dancers are definitely this unique is where on they this do tour. a lot of acrobatics too but it's not acrobatics in terms of the elevated like the like the lamppost thing well they do but they gymnastics. do like flippies and gymnastics yeah gymnastics flippies. and they have these platforms that they run up and then flip off of and it's almost like uh oh man like a street me, style yeah, of, and, like like a like a new york street performance Exactly, which is really cool. Nothing to do with the Bad Blood music video, which is not a bad thing. That's not a criticism. It's that's, just different. That's an awesome thing, in fact, because Taylor gives us a completely different interpretation of of the song that the music video does not. So Bad Blood is definitely one of the best, one of the best acts in this show. And it is followed by what is, in my opinion, is the best, the absolute, hands-down, best act in the show and that is not even off 1989 off of red we got we are never ever getting back together taylor does this whole punk rock like screaming oh it's so cool she brings out an electric guitar when has taylor ever played electric guitar on tour speak now oh. i think yes she did when first three songs no 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 not for sparks fly for for mine if you google a picture do it right now to make sure i'm correct otherwise we can tell the people i'm wrong but I think when she did Story of Us and Mine, she had an electric guitar. And she does. It's red. There you go. Okay. Well, this is a total... Foreshadowing for the next album. It was red. Well, this is a total rocked out version of We Are Never Gonna Be Together. And dare I say it, this version is better than the original. It's really cool. It's really, really cool. And not to spoil too much for you, but there's this really cool, you know, the part when she's like talking about an indie record that's much cooler than mine where she's like... Indie record that's much cooler than mine. It like turned into like a like, screamo moment. It was very, very intense and very cool. I feel like uh, we're never ever getting back together. Sometimes like the pop version of it can almost seem kind of carefree and silly, but this version just added a whole nother, a whole nother layer to it. Full it, of attitude. It's definitely one of the most awesome performances I've ever seen. Like, after Rock and Rio, when we were going to Bossier City, this is the one song I was most excited to see again. And it's not this a good This is why you came to Bossier City. That's why I drove for 40 hours in a car. 
yes. stuck with Diane the entire time. The amazing Diane. Oh my gosh, it was awful. The amazing Diane. All right, after that, um, definitely worth noting, she did a mashup of Enchanted and Wildest Dreams. Oh my god, my heart. What about your heart? It was beautiful. Beautiful? This is the best part of the show right here. No, no, no. We are never going to I love every time Taylor sits down at a piano and starts telling a story i'm like this is this is the moment like this is it this is this is what dreams are made of to quote hillary Duff. okay lizzie mcguire <laughs> uh, so enchanted wildest dreams mashup and if you guys remember this you know there is always a method to our madness here on taylor talk right so if you guys remember a couple weeks ago we did an analysis of enchanted steve and- had no idea why Steve had no idea why. Steve, to this day, is unspoiled, and that's why he's not on this episode, even. He had no idea why. He doesn't want to know anything. Here's the irony of it. Steve is the one that's like, you know, Enchanted kind of reminds me of Wildish Dreams a little bit and goes into an and explanation like, of it. Oh, really? And it we're does? like, how about that, Steve? That's that's strange. You think they go together? What? Um, we, unfortunately, had been spoiled by the Tokyo shows uh, via social media. Well, spoiled slightly. We weren't completely spoiled, but we had accidentally seen things. We knew that Enchanted and Wild Streams yeah. was mixed together. Um, and they definitely go together, and that's definitely worth watching. I, I wish there was a video for you guys, but uh, definitely keep an eye out for that. Taylor plays it on a really cool guitar. Or piano. Yeah, what are you Sorry. talking about? I don't know what I'm talking about. Obviously. I'm too excited right now about everything to do with the tour that it's just like, uh I was still thinking about We Are Never Getting Get Together with the electric guitar. Yeah, this is a um, completely different mood. Indie record that's much cooler than mine! You sound just like her. I know I do. That's why I did it. Okay. Yeah. So we've got two songs left on the set list. We got Out of the Woods, which... For those who have been listening to Taylor Talk for a while, this one holds a special place in my heart. It's where I felt that that Taylor was really in her element for the first time in 1989 because Shake It Off is not the deepest of songs. Doesn't make it a bad song necessarily, but... It's a first single. It's supposed to create hype and excitement. It was. And then Out of the Woods was released as the second song after 1989, going way back when to, like, last summer... And Out of the Woods, I was so excited about because I'm like, Taylor's back! Like, this is one of my favorite songs on the album. I think it's absolutely phenomenally written. And it's I'm just really excited. She saved it till the end and made a big, huge performance out of it. And again, this was one of the situations where we're like, oh, she won't do it literally, right? But No, she had woods. Sure enough, she had some woods in the background um, on that and big screen. And some paper airplanes, like legitimate... Like, people came out with giant paper airplanes. Yeah, let's talk about those. Those were really cool because, you know, you've got the the two paper airplanes flying, flying, flying. Um, that whole thing. And it, you know, definitely refers to the necklace that she wore of, dare I say his name on the show, Harry Styles, which has two paper airplanes. And, I mean, this more or less confirms it for us because the paper airplanes that the dancers brought out and were flying over the crowd... These paper airplane props were identical to that necklace, which Taylor has been spotted. Yes, in photos but it's also a um, generic paper airplane that, like, you have to have that, uh, um, um, or else you wouldn't know that it was a paper airplane. Right, it's generic. It it is, but it, they're just it's a really cool element. And what's interesting about it is this whole tour to me combined like this whole like Cirque du Soleil feel with like rock concert. 
And this reminds me of something that came out of the Beatles' love, uh, which is a Cirque du Soleil show here in Vegas. Um, they have something where they're holding props on giant sticks like that and, and fly them over the crowd and stuff. What was and it? I, I don't remember off the top of my head. It's been a while, but it just it's it just reminds me of something Cirque would do where it's a very, like, what's the word? Sort of artistic visual. Yeah. It's a very, like, artistic visual. And, and I mean, that's the best way to describe it. Um, this is the only outfit in the show that Taylor wore that I was not too fond of. She looks like she's wearing a mermaid-themed leotard. That's what I told you. I told you she looks like a mermaid. Like, it's a sparkly leotard, and it's really interesting. It's difficult because Taylor's beautiful, and she looks good in everything. So it's 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 kind of weird to say, oh, I don't like that. You know? But it's really a difficult outfit for me to like. Um, particularly because in an interview, I want to say it was the Rolling Stone interview, but I could be mistaken on that. Um, Taylor said something about how in past tours that her outfits were very costumey, and this tour they're not. And I'm like, this is very costumey. You definitely would not wear this out in public. I would say this tour, her, ostu- her costumes are less costumey, but that doesn't mean there aren't costumes. Yeah, th- well, they are costumes. She's on tour, and it's a concert, and... That's what they are. And this particular one, I'm just sort of like, huh? She probably just wanted to prove she could wear a one piece and look awesome. And she I did. guess because she still <laughs> looks great, but the yeah, outfit looks yeah, it's, weird. It's not her fault. Then the big closer, of course, we predicted this one. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. One thing I was amused by is she has her dancers do the little handshake thing. I do the handshake thing. Everybody can do the <laughs> handshake dance move. Everyone does it, huh? Everyone. So, Shake It Off, definitely, um, probably, well, how do I describe this? It's a bittersweet because you know what's the last song. You, yeah. So, for me, it's it's kind of hard to go crazy and be happy when I'm like, but she's going to leave soon. It's over now. Yeah, well, it's better than how she ended the last tour with We Are Never Going Together. <laughs> Bye. Where she's like... <laughs> She's like, this is the last song of the tour. We are never, ever, ever getting back together. So never Taylor, see you wait, again. Wait a sec. What about next tour? Taylor. Um, but it's it brings out a lot of purples and a lot of like laser lights. And it, this oh my one gosh, the has, laser lights were so cool. This one has a cool 80s vibe to it. It's got the dancers are in like suits with shorts, which are kind of weird, but kind of work at the same time. They're purple at that. So it's all very purpley and and... You know, this takes place on that elevated platform where we talked about the catwalk that and lifts up. And it spins. It spins around. And don't worry, the dancers and Taylor are all hooked up to safety harnesses so they don't fall off and hurt themselves. Um, but it's it's a great way. I mean, we definitely predicted it closing the show. It has a very, like, 80s nightclub feel to it. Well, especially with the color and the background, like all these... Like neon pinks and purples and blues and, and blues and yeah, it's very very eighties. It's very yeah. like xenon girl, the twenty first century. Actually, if you um, can that would be in that. the future. Not I the know, 80s. but if you can think of that color scheme, mm-hmm. what it looks like. Okay, all right. So that's that's that for the set list. I I know we spoiled everything for you, but if you're still listening at this point, that means you wanted to be spoiled and you want to know what to expect. Or they already know. Or you already knew, of course, because you saw it online. So, Diane, I have to ask you, were there any disappointments on this tour? The only thing I can think of is that she didn't do any sort of, like, secret song or special thing for each show. 
That's what I was going to say also. That's I'm, my, that's why I'm like, well, can you please do something? Because that wouldn't be hard to add, you know? And it's possible that she will do something in the future. May, I think the next show is, what is it, June, Saturday? I don't know. I don't um, have, I don't have the. Uh, well, it, it's in the calendar and we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. <laughs> um, so, I mean, as we see more and more shows and we'll see, you know more and more things and maybe some changes maybe some costume changes who knows because one of the, she wore an outfit for tokyo that she didn't wear in america yeah so i would expect some little changes here and there but i don't know you know thinking back to the sort of secret performance if if you call it that of all the tours i my favorite was speak now where she did a cover of a local artist from wherever she happened to be playing from so if she was at staples center in los angeles she did a cover of an artist that is from los angeles um and i always thought that was really cool because to this day that for those who don't know and those that are newer listeners that is what inspired a segment here on taylor talk called what are swifties listening to where you guys out there share with us what you're listening to that's not taylor swift and I likewise I really enjoyed Taylor introducing us to artists we may not have been familiar with and I thought that was one of the coolest elements she's ever included on her tour. It's cool. Um but I like to be able to I just like to know the songs that are being performed when I see something live. So if she performs a song that I don't know, I'm like, "Oh, I can't sing along." But it's so possible, cool. but yeah. it's still cool. And then likewise on Red Tour, she did an older song of her own, yes, which was I loved really that, that was, was really cool. Also, that was really really cool. I know she did our song more than any other song, um, probably because she likes it a whole lot. Yeah. Probably because she knew that it wouldn't fit in with 1989, and she never get to play it again. Well, I would say not playing it again is pushing it, but that Can was really cool Can you imagine our song being in the 1989 show? Well, no, but it, yeah. she could do she could do one of the um, acoustic songs. She could do our song, and she could do one of her older country songs and things of that sort, and Maybe. rework it a little bit and things Maybe. of that sort. Because one of the things I think that's really valuable about that particular bit that she did on uh, the Red Tour where she did incorporate some of her older music is she has a lot of fans that have been coming to see her since the Fearless Tour and have been listening to her since her very first album and have followed her the whole time. And I think that's a nice way to thank those particular fans that have stuck with her for so many years well, and through her evolution. Well, but that doesn't mean fans that things. have come earlier don't know those songs. I mean... I'm sure a lot of them have researched. But it. it's a nice way to pay tribute to her older work that those fans still really appreciate. Yeah, it's like a nostalgia. And moment. give them a chance to hear that live. Yeah. Something that they really appreciate. So um, now, finally, one last question. Which performance stole the night? Which did it for you? Enchanted Wildest Dreams. Really? Yes. Embellish. Oh, I told you, like, that was the moment when she sits down at a piano. Um, second runner-up would be I Knew You Were Trouble. Because the vocals. Pretty awesome. The and vocals, there were also yes. shirtless men in it, which is fun. Also. That did absolutely nothing for me. Um, well, it did something for me, so that's what matters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. All right, the song that really stole the night for me, like I said earlier, we are never getting back together. Like, it was so cool. It's the one song that really stands out in my mind, and I, I took a video of it that I wish I could share, but I can't because YouTube will yell at me again. And it will yell at you and other They'll things. probably shut my account down. 
but at least I get to watch it over and over again. Aren't you special? Uh, yeah, do what I can. Um, but that song definitely stole the night for me, and it's definitely the one to watch out for, in my opinion, when you go to see your own tour date. And that's going to be awesome. So I hope you guys really enjoyed our review of the 1989 World Tour. Remember, guys, I do want to reiterate those little itty-bitty things. You're going to see the performance, so the little things to not forget is to pre-order your merch online. We're going to have that link up for you in taylortalk.org slash episode 184. And go visit Taylor Nation. And go visit that Taylor Nation headquarters booth. Like, it is so cool. You can take your picture, and you can tweet it, and you can see your tweet on the on the hashtag timeline, and it's just, the whole thing is just really cool. You, It's a really nice souvenir to have for yourself. Yes. So that's really neat. All right. So moving on the ep- with the episode, we're back on our regular schedule. So we do have our mini segments that are submitted by you guys. We have You Know Your Swifty When. So, Diane, if you could please read us our first one, that would be phenomenal. This is from Nicholas via Facebook, and they say, You know your Swifty when you have your own choreography for every song on 1989. Wow. That's pretty cool. Video or it didn't happen. Yeah. Teach it to me. Got to send us a video. <laughs> Gotta send us the video. All right, so we have a text message that came in, and this is from Anonymous, not because they intended to be anonymous, I'm sure, but because you didn't include your name in your text message. When you text us, it only has your phone number there, and I don't know who you are. But Anonymous text message person from Utah says, you know you're Swifty when your grandma likes Taylor Swift as much as you do. Does your grandma know who Taylor Swift is? Does my grandma? Yeah. Yes. Both of them? Yes. Have you talked to them both about Taylor Swift at length? Yes. Cool. Well, at length, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> say they're necessarily fans. I think they more like they're they're more into like Perry Como. And... I don't. You mean Frank Sinatra? I know who that is. You know who Frank Frank Sinatra? I think might be too modern for them. They're, no, they're, they're pretty old. My grandma loves Frank Sinatra. Some Perry Como. Okay. Look him up later. This is from Alyssa via Facebook, and they say, You know you're Swifty when your two-year-old sister calls other people named Taylor, Taylor Swift, because that's the only Taylor she ever hears about. That's funny. That makes sense. I mean, in her head, all Taylors are Taylor Swift, so what's the difference? Yeah, they're all Taylor Swift. Precisely. All right. So Evan also texted us and said, You know you're Swifty when you go out cruising and you have a Taylor jam session, only to realize when you got home, you lost track of time and went out on a three-hour drive. Do they mean cruise, like, on a boat? No, 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 Driving out, cruising, you know, like, cruising in your car. Sure, why not? I, I think he's referring to when you go out in your vehicle in your own personal car. Oh, automobile. Okay. So this one, next one comes from Tara McCarran or Tara. We talked about this. I'm sorry. Um, Tara, <laughs> you can slap Diane anytime yeah. you feel like it for that one. <laughs> you know you're a Swifty when your class gives you a round of applause because Taylor won eight Billboard Awards. Booyah! Eight Billboard Awards. That's really cute. <laughs> That's awesome. So thank you to everyone who sent those in. Uh, we had a good variety there. People submitting on Twitter, Facebook, and through text message. If you guys are confused about those text message things, if you forgot from the old episodes, you can leave us a voicemail or a text message to the phone number area code 240-31-SWIFT. That number does accept text messages. So if you're a little bit bashful and don't want to hear your own voice on the show, you can text us, which is pretty cool. Everybody else, keep them coming. You know our username on all the various social accounts are either TaylorTalk13 on Facebook and Twitter or TaylorTalk Podcast on 
Instagram, um, Taylor Talk 13 on Ask FM. It's really hard for me to remember all these, to be honest. But there is one link you guys can remember, and that is taylortalk.org slash contact. And that has all the different ways you can reach out to us. All right. Next segment in the show, we got what are Swifties listening to, which I was talking about earlier. Yay. Um, You guys share with us different things that you are listening to on your iPod or iPhones or Androids or whatever MP3 player you have that are not Taylor Swift so we can share it with the rest of the audience and introduce you guys. So Corinne emailed us and said that uh, she's listening to Shut Up and Dance by Walk the Moon and it's really fun and upbeat and it's like it's a pretty cool song and I have heard it on the radio before. So if you go look up Shut Up and Dance by Walk the Moon you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I know this one. And you're going to end up downloading it and loving it. So thank you for that suggestion, Corinne. Really appreciate it. Now, before we go, we do have an upcoming calendar that Diane's going to share with us to make sure you guys are always up to date with what is going on in the world of Taylor Swift. So, Diane, if you could, please. Yes. So uh, in the next couple weeks, we've got four 1989 tours coming up. The first one is May 30th, 30th in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, then June 2nd in Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville. At the KFC Yum Center, which Yum. sounds awesome. I would like to eat KFC at the KFC Yum Center. Um, on June 3rd is a show in Cleveland, Ohio. And then June 6th is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which I believe Steve is going to that one. Steve will be at that one, guys. So June 6th, Steve can finally come back on the episode, on the podcast. With no, him. he'll be back. He'll be Actually, back no, then. I don't think we'll have an episode before then. Um, good question, guys. We are back on our two-week schedule. We're, if we're not doing one next week. Um, What's today's date? Uh, we're recording on the 24th. So 24th. Oh, the 7th. Yeah, the 7th is so, next time. So Steve's going to be back, and he'll be able to give us his opinion on the 1989 World Tour, finally. Yes, but we will alert you. So if there are spoilers in the episode, we will tell you beforehand. Actually, if you're listening now, you don't care. Uh, who, am I, who am I talking to right uh, now? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Anybody that didn't want spoilers turned us off yeah. about an hour ago. Um, fun fact about Cleveland, Ohio, and the Quicken Loans Arena on June 3rd. The first time I ever saw Taylor Swift live was at the Quicken Loans Arena in Cleveland, Ohio for her Speak Now tour. Is it just me or when you hear other names of venues, they sound funny? That's just you. No, because I'm like, Heinz, ketchup. That's that's interesting. It's 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 the ketchup field. You don't think that? No, I do. I, I, I do don't. All the time. I don't. I'm talking about Cleveland right now, not Pittsburgh. That was the first time I ever saw Taylor. And for those of you who haven't seen Taylor live for uh, yet, um, I'm sure you will someday. And something that's really cool about the first time you see her is to those of us that are fans and we're doing this podcast and you may have a social media account dedicated to her or you may just be a fan that just consumes things about her like this podcast and the first time you ever see her is the most surreal feeling ever because it's like up until that point, she's just sort of a character in this story that you're always talking about with your friends and fellow fans. And then all of a sudden when you see her in person, it's like she's a real person, like she's a human. It's kind of a disbelief feeling. It doesn't seem real. Yeah, that's what I said. It's surreal. Yeah, I just translated it. Oh, thank you. 
All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode, episode 184. I know it's a bit longer than a normal episode, but we had a lot to say about the tour. It's a phenomenal tour, and I can't wait for you guys all to see it if you're getting the chance. If you're not going to see it, hope you enjoyed our review of it and hope it made you feel a little bit like you got the chance to see it. Remember, guys, visit taylortalk.org slash iTunes. At that link, it will take you straight to our iTunes page. You can subscribe there. That way you always get the most recent episodes delivered straight to you as they're published. And you can also leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. If you love us, if you hate us, whatever the case may be, give us some honest feedback. Those reviews are really valuable because they help us shape the future of the show and they also help tell other Swifties out there um, what you think of the show so they can get a good vibe of it. They might be new to the show and not really know, do I want to listen, do I not? And your review could really help them make that decision. So the link for that, again, taylortalk.org slash iTunes. We really appreciate any reviews you give, and definitely subscribe so you get those new episodes as they come. Uh, like I said a few minutes ago, we're back on our normal schedule. For those who don't know, our normal schedule is every other week we release on Mondays, every other Monday. Reason being, we used to be weekly, but now we're bi-weekly because Taylor's killing us. She doesn't have a lot going on right now. Well, other than tour. But since we just had our tour discussion, we may not have anything to discuss next week. Um, however, like last week, we had a special edition because Taylor gave us the Bad Blood music video, and that was really cool. So when stuff happens, we're going to talk about it, but we are on an every other week schedule. That is why it is very important. We release... Fortnightly? Every fortnight? How do you use that word in a sentence? Every other week. That's when we release episodes. Which, like I said, because occasionally there are some special editions like Bad Blood last week, which is why I really encourage you to visit taylortalk.org slash iTunes, go to our iTunes page, and hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode, particularly if you're enjoying listening to us, all right? So thank you guys for tuning in to episode 184 of Taylor Talk. For episode 184, this has been Adam. And Diane. Saying have a great two weeks, guys. We'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.